this is Pastor Chris Garcia from Numa Church, and we're so glad that you tuned into our podcast today. I pray that as you listen to today's message, God will speak to your heart in a powerful way. How's everybody doing today? Ooh, God is so good, huh? God is so good. Before I go into the preaching, I want to pray first. Yes, I'm just so convinced that every prayer we do, God is doing this. And he's listening to our prayers every time. And the more you believe, the more faith you have, you will see all these prayers come to happen. And it's because you're starting to believe. And then your will is starting to align with God. And then who doesn't want to live a life where you have like, Man, almost all my prayers are answered. Who doesn't want to live like that? You know what that means? That your communion with God is growing and that you're praying to a living God and that he's listening to every of your prayers. So let's pray. I want to pray. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you, Lord. Thank you for this honor. Thank you for this privilege. Father, I'm just here as a messenger on your behalf. And I know that it's you, Holy Spirit, who's going to speak to me. I pray, Father, for every person that is listening to this message, everybody that is here, that they will understand that it's you. It's not me. It's you, Jesus. It's you wanting to have a personal relationship with them. It's you, Lord, that the same, everything I have with you, you desire to have it with each and one of your sons and daughters. That it's not only for one person. It's for everyone who believes, Father. That you're seeking people to believe, that believe in you, Father. That understand that you just want to have a relationship with each and one of us that are here, Father. And I just thank you, Lord. What an honor. I feel honored and privileged to come here as a speaker. To give the message from your heart, Lord. What you put in my heart this week. To come and transmit it today to your church. Father, I thank you. And in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So the reason I was praying is... You know that normally we all go through anxiety, we all go through troubles, you know, and, and we always go to God and pray. But you know, sometimes in, in, our, in our humanidad, in humanity, we try to control things, you know, and we want to change people, we want to change situations. <laughs> and you know what that, when that happens when you try to do that? God is like, hey, I can't do it for you because you want to do it. You need to let me do it. You need to let go, and I'll do it. And the reason why I'm sharing you this, guys, is because, like Pastor Max said, every morning I wake up, I understand that when I go to my prayer room, that I'm going to a place where I want to be with God. I want to speak to him. I want to have conversation with him. It's not like I do a prayer, and then I run out of the room. I'm like, no, I know that he's there with me in that room, and I'm having a, a conversation with him. And, and every morning when I go out, I always tell God, God, you know what, let's just, let's just go out there and, and I want to speak about you. I want to speak to people about you, that you're real, how much you love people, and how much you desire to have a, re a personal relationship with each and one of every creation, everybody that you have created. And that's always my desire, just to sow a seed, because that's all I could do. I could sow a seed and tell my testimony to people, you know, like, hey, God is real. Hey, God wants to have a relationship with you. Hey, God is not mad at you. Hey, it doesn't matter what you've done in your past. 
He forgave all your sins. He doesn't ever, never remember them. You don't understand? The sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, it means that he forgave all your sins. It's done. And now you're clean. You're clean to come to him. You know, and he's waiting for you with his arm, arms wide open. And he's like, hey, I just want you to come close to me. I want you to have a personal relationship with you. That's the message of the gospel. And I always tell God, God, I just want to go out and share this to everybody around there. And this is my life. This is what I do. Everywhere I go, I'm just trying to listen to God to tell me who you want to I always tell him, who you want me to speak to? So normally I go to the gym, I go to Publix, I go to a supermarket, and I'm always like looking who to speak to, who to speak to. And the place where I most speak is at the gym because there's so many, I, play, I like to play basketball and I have so many friends at the gym. So I'm always looking for a moment how, where to share God. And I've been inviting friends from the gym like for years to come to church. And I'm like, hey guys, whenever you guys want to come. And like, yeah, don't worry, one day I'll be there. But this has been for years, me trying to, you know, to convince them and, and try to come. But then one day God told me, hey, just pray for them, Milton. I'm the one who's going to touch their hearts. I'm the one who's going to bring them. It's not you. So yesterday I, I was about to take my phone and start sending texts to all of them. Hey guys, I'm going to start preaching. You know, I'm going to preach tomorrow. I want all you guys to come. And then God like, no, no, don't send any texts. Just pray about it. And I just went on my knees and I started praying. And when I was walking up here, Adrian sitting there, he runs, he, he plays basketball with me at the gym, and he runs all the way here. And when I see him, guys, my heart right now is like, it's melting. <laughs> I want to cry right now. I'm like, Lord, just as you told me, it's not me, it's you. You're the one touching hearts. You're the one who brought last. You're the one who's healing people. You're the one who's doing this. It's not me. All I need to do is pray, believe, and you're the one who's going to bring people to you. And we're just the messengers. That's what we are. God wants to partner with each and one of us because he has given us so much. So much. I came to this church 15 years ago and somebody sold in my life. Somebody invited me to come here. Somebody talked to me about Jesus. But in the moment I came here and I saw how real Jesus was, and I started to having this relationship with him, and then I started seeing all the blessing, all the benefits. I'm like, how can I stay with all this and stay quiet and not share with everybody, with the whole world? Literally, I feel sometimes like if I literally won the lotto, the jackpot, like with all the millions, and I'm literally giving a million to everybody, and, and people are like, no, I'm not, I don't want that million, you know, just I'm cool, you know. I mean, what do you mean you don't want this? But you know what? Jesus is more than a million dollars. Because you could spend a million dollars in a year and be broke again. But you know what? When you let Jesus in your life, it's going to be for, all, for eternity. You know what? Because the first thing that Jesus gives you, he tells you, hey, I'm going to give you eternity. You're gonna, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a place for you in heaven. You're going to spend eternity with me. That's the first thing Jesus gives you. The first thing he gives you is his salvation. Because all, we're all here. We're all one day going to perish. We're all day we're going to die. And Jesus said, you know what? I just didn't went to that cross to pay for your sins. I went to that cross to pay for your salvation. So the day that you die, I'll guarantee you that that day that your spirit lifts up and goes to heaven, I'm going to be waiting for you there. And I'm going to tell you, hey, remember that day that you believe in your heart, that you confess me as your Lord, that you decided to make me your Lord? Hey, now I'm your Lord. I'm here. And now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you come in and you're going to live eternity with me. Guys, I know that there's so many 
things that we hear out there, out there that says, hey, no, you have to live the life. You know, it's only one. You know, we have to have fun. I'm here to tell you that's a lie. That's a lie. You know why? Because life is short. Life is short. And we, none of us, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So how about if tomorrow is our day? But you know what the good news is? The good news is that when you die, your spirit goes up to God. And then there you get to live eternally. You know what eternity means? That there's no beginning, there's no end. That you're not going to need faith anymore to see Jesus because you're going to be face to face with him. Now you need faith to see, you need faith because we cannot see him. But there's going to come a moment that you're going to be absent from this body and you're going to be standing in front of God, in front of Jesus. And he's, you're going to be like, wow, Jesus, now I can see you. And he's going to welcome you. He's going to be like, so now you're going to live here eternally with me. That's the first promise that Jesus gives us. And I don't know about you, but I want that security. I want to live for him. I want to have that, that I want to live the rest of my life for him because I already know what my eternity waits for me. And if that doesn't convince you and you keep believing this life, it's all about, it's all about it. Everything is this life. It's not. There's more. There's an eternity. Amen? Okay, let's go to the teaching. <laughs> so, um, I'm so blessed today. Um, I feel so blessed today. One of my pastors told me, yeah, you're going to be sharing the word. And Pastor Chris always prays at the beginning of the year. And he always, God reveals to him, like, every series we're going to be preaching. Um, and he told me, Milton, July 4th, you're going to be preaching. And we're going to start a new series. And the new series is called Let Them Hear. Let Them Hear. Okay? So that's the series. So we're going to be talking about this series. They're going to be preaching about this series this whole month, like four to five weeks. So let them hear. So the question is, let them hear what? What is it that God wants us for us to hear? And it's what I just spoke right now. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. So now, I don't know if you have your phones, your Bibles. We're going to go through some verses. And I'm going to talk about the definition of what is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because this is, this is a message that a lot of men, I've heard so many preachings, I've heard so many things, and I'm like, Lord, why is it that humans, why is it that they complicate the things, you know? Why is it that they like to change things, you know? Why is it that, that it's, it's such a simple gospel? Why do we have to complicate things? You know, the more you complicate things, the more difficult you make it for people to understand. You know, and salvation comes from God. He is the one who's saving people. Remember, we're just the messenger, but our job is to deliver the message. Deliver the message in the right way. And that message is here in the Bible. If we read your Bible, you'll get to know more about Jesus. you get to know more about him. And it's so clear in the Bible, the message of the gospel. So that is the series that we're going to be talking about. It's called Let Them Hear. So now I'm going to give a definition of the word gospel. The word gospel, um, it comes from, it, it rises from the word called Anglo-Saxon. And, and it means God's story. A rendering of the Latin evangelium and the Greek evangelium. Meaning, and this is what the gospel means. It means good news. Good news. And what is the good news, church? You know what the good news is? John 3, 16, 17. 
It says, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his only, his one and only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have what? Eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. So God, we just close our Bibles, we could go home, and this is enough. <laughs> if you understand what I just read right now, and you meditate in this, and you ask God to give you more understanding of this, God is not judging the world. God's heart is to save the world. That is God's heart. He wants to save the world. That's why he gave everything. He gave his son. You think God in heaven was enjoying to watch his son die on a cross? You think God in heaven was enjoying to seeing his son being asotado? Asotado? <laughs> Whipped? No, he was not. He was not. And that was his only son. And his, he sacrificed his son. You know how much blood was shed? At glass, I see you there with your son. I see you, Adrian, with your son. God gave his only son. He gave us everything, everything. And that hurt him. That's why Jesus said, I am the truth, the way. Nobody will go, go reach the Father. It's not through me. Because when God gave Jesus, he was giving everything from him. And it cost him everything. And what is the good news? The good news is that when he was dying on that cross, he was carrying all the sins of every single human being. He was there sacrificing his life for us to be here and talking about this good news of Jesus Christ. He surrendered his life. He gave everything to Jesus. Then he said, you know what? I am going to make a way. I'm going to make a way. So that way humanity will understand that God in heaven is not mad anymore with humans. That God in heaven now wants to have a personal relationship with each and one of us. And I am making that way for you to be able to come into the Holy of Holies and have access to my presence. That's what Jesus was doing when he was dying. And I don't know you, but for me, that's the best news I have ever heard. To have a personal relationship with the creator of heaven and earth. To have a personal relationship, to have communion with Jehovah, with Yahweh, the God of the Israel, the God who created everything, I have a personal relationship with him. That when I read the Old Testament and I read who God is, that there's nothing impossible for God. And I love all the names that, he's, that he has in the Bible when they call him the Shaddai. The Shaddai means, is there any difficult for me? When they call him Jehovah Rapha, and he says, I'm a healer. When they call him Jehovah Jared, he says, I'm your provider. I know you work hard, and I know you, you do good, but don't ever forget, I'm the one who provides for you. I'm the one who's blessing you. I'm the one who's opening doors. I'm the one who's closing doors. I'm Jehovah, Jehovah Elohim. 
I am the Father, I am the Son, and I am the Holy Spirit, and I am with you. That's what God is saying from heaven. That's the good news. And how can I, when I came to this place 15 years ago, and I learned all this truth about God, it's literally like, like if I had a cancer and I was dying, and God healed me, and then I have the cure, and I'm going to be like, hey, you know what? I'm just going to keep the cure with me. I'm not going to share it with anybody. No, I'm not. I'm going to open my mouth, and I'm going to tell my neighbors, and I'm going to tell my friends at the gym, and I'm going to tell everybody out there that God is real, and God is here, and he wants to have a personal relationship with you, and he's the God of Abraham, the Isaac, and Jacob, and he's our God, the Father of Jesus Christ. I'm not going to stay quiet. Nobody's going to shut my mouth. I'm going to share with everybody that this God is real. That's good news. That's the good news. There's no other way. There's no other way. People ask me, Milton, how about in India, all those people that they worship all those gods, and how about this, all this country? And I, listen, you're never going to see it in the news. There's missionaries in those countries preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're not going to see it in the news. There's millions, there's hundreds of thousands of missionaries around the world spreading the gospel. And people in those places, you're not going to see it in the news. They're giving their life to Jesus. Yes, they're giving the life to Jesus. And I've heard testimonies of, of God using missionaries, preaching the gospel, and thousands of people converting to Jesus. But you know where I hear this? From friends that are missionaries. And I'm like, what? I don't know how I end up. I end up in a meeting where there was like, like 50 missionaries from around the world. And I'm like, Lord, what am I doing here? What a privilege. And there were Latinos, Americans, and they were like, oh, um, I'm, 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 I'm living right now in Israel. I'm living right now in Egypt. I'm living right now in this country. And I'm like, and they were from all around the world. But I remember something that we were praying for them. And they're like, hey, you can't mention their names. I'm like, why? You can't. Because some of these countries, if they're caught preaching the gospel, they will die. And I'm like, really? Yeah. It's illegal. They can, if they found him with a Bible, they will get in deep trouble. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, so let's pray. And I, we were praying, praying and praying for them. And then I started listening to these testimonies. And I'm like, and I started meeting a couple of them. And I'm like, and I'm like, why did you go to that country? And I, because God told me to go to that country. And then I heard the testimonies. So like, man, I've seen thousands of people come to Jesus. Really? Thousands? Are you sure there's thousands? Yes, thousands of people. Thousands. And I just stand there and I share the gospel. And I see the Holy Spirit moving and delivering people and healing people and bringing them to Jesus. And I don't have to do anything. He's the one who's doing everything. And I'm like, man, can we put this in, in, in CNN and ABC? No, you can't. You can't. You're not going to listen there. But I mean, I, I, that's, this is not even in my notes. And I thought to share with you this so you'd understand that God, it's, the, the gospel, it's being preached around the world. We just don't know it. It is. It's such a good news that it's just not going to stay here. It's going to be preached around the world. Amen? So that is the good news. So today's title of my preaching is One Thing You Can't Do in Heaven. 
So what is that one thing you cannot do in heaven? Is share the gospel. Why? Because everybody in heaven is saved. So if you, tomorrow something happens and God calls you to his presence and you go to heaven and you're just there walking in heaven and I'm like, wow, I'm in heaven. And you find somebody, you're like, hey, can we have a coffee? Can we sit down? You know, I want to talk to you about Jesus. Jesus will show up and he's going to touch on your back. And he's going to be like, hey, and you're going to be, oh, Lord, what are you doing here? Hey, you're in heaven. Everybody's saved here. You don't need to share my gospel anymore. Now your eyes can see me because you're here with me. You were supposed to do that when you were in earth. You were a missionary on earth. You know that address where you're living? You know those neighbors that you have around you? You know those co-workers that, live, that work with you? Those are the people that I put in your surrounding for you to share your testimony and talk to them about what I have done in your life. And you're going to be like, really? But Lord, you know what? I don't know, you know, I was a little bit shy, you know. Oh, you were shy? <laughs> you were shy? I wasn't shy when I went to that cross. I wasn't shy, you know, when I did everything I did for you. So that's the preaching of today. It's an encouragement for us to understand that God wants to preach the gospel through our lives to people. That God wants to save people. That you have to take away that burden from you, thinking that you're the one who's going to convince that person to come to Jesus. No, it's not you. You're just going to sow a seed into that heart because they need to listen to the message. They need to listen to the message. And I encourage you today to write down Romans 10. Romans 10, the whole chapter. Read it when you get home. Read it, not once, not twice, not three times. Read it as much as you need it to, for you to understand what is that God wants us to do. Romans 10. I'm going to read some verses now. But I encourage you now, my encouragement now is for you to read the whole Romans, completed um, chapter 10. So let's talk about now. Um, some, I'm going to talk about three reasons why is it that we struggle to share the gospel? Why is it that humans are like, oh, you know, these are like common things, you know, like, no, I don't want to talk about it. You know, I don't have time. I'm too busy. I don't think it's that important. And that's why my introduction, I wanted to talk about so much about the gospel for you to understand first, what is it that we're going to, you're going to be preaching? What is it you're going to be sharing about? And the number one reason that I put here in my notes that people don't share the gospel is shame. It's shame. And you know why it's shame? Because this is a note that I wrote myself. Because I believe that you feel shame when, you're in think, when you are thinking about what people are going to think about me. Are they going to think I'm a fanatic? Are they going to make fun of me? That's the number one reason. It's us. In all these years that I've been preaching the gospel, man, I give so much glory to God. Because I have never come across with somebody that has told me, you know what, Milton? That message that you just explained to me, like, it didn't make any sense. You know what? I'm not interested in that Jesus you're talking about. 
every person that I've been able to share the gospel, I literally have felt that I have partnered with God, with the Holy Spirit. And he with me, me, me with him, I see him. I just hear myself talking, but then I see him touching people's heart. So literally, it's like I'm partnering with him, you know, for him to bring that person. For him, for that person to listen to the gospel. So then when I saw this for the first time, I'm like, why I have to be shameful? Why I have to be like, you know what, I don't want to do this. If I have somebody that is helping me to do it. That it's not me alone. I'm partnering with somebody that I cannot see. That it's the spirit of the living God, the Holy Spirit. And literally, he's the one doing it. It's not you. And he wants to use you. He wants to do it. That's why I love at the end of, like at the end of the books of the Bible, the Bible says always when Paul, he would like finish a letter, he would say, and the love of the Father be with you. And the grace of Jesus Christ be with you. And then he says, and the communion and the power of the Holy Spirit with you, be with you. Communion, because I'm constantly talking to the Holy Spirit. Hey, how about this guy? You want me to talk to him? Yeah, go speak to him. And then I get close. You know, and then I start talking. And then you feel that he gets involved in the conversation. And then you see people's eyes, you know, they're like, like they start getting big. And you see that he's touching them. And I share a testimony that in these 15 years, let me get more to the camera, I'm making Lewis move, that I've been so blessed by God that I've been able to preach the gospel to a Muslim, to a Jewish, to doctors. And I remember preaching the, the gospel, sharing the gospel to that Muslim. And I went to his house here in Miami. And I'm like, Lord, there's no way this guy's going to confess you as Lord and Savior. There's no way. This is my mind. And when I get there, the guy's like, I need to hear what you need to tell me. I need to hear your message. I'm like, why? I'm about to lose everything. I'm about to go crazy. And my God is not working. I want to hear what your God. And when that man tells me that, guys, my legs start shaking that I couldn't control my legs. And it was the power and the presence of the Holy Ghost. And when I start speaking, literally, it's like if I was listening to myself because it wasn't me that I was speaking. It was the Spirit of God. And then the man tells me, do you have a Bible? And yeah, I have a Bible and I have something else I'm going to give you. I have a book. It's called uh, Purpose Living Dry. Uh, I don't remember the name of the book, but it's a book that has to do with purpose. I went to my car and I gave him a Bible and we prayed together. And this happened to me a long time ago. And when I saw that, I'm like, wow, God, there's nothing impossible for you. Then I have a friend that he was a Jewish. And my friend, he's like Milton. He calls me and I'm like, hey, um, I wanted to share something with you, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I'm going to go to your house. I'm going to go pick you up. We need to go to lunch, man. We need to share. And he comes to my house. He picks me up. I get in the car with him and we go to um, Macaroni Grill. And that day he picks me up 
And that day he's like more Jewish than ever. He has that little thing in his head here, a whole bunch of things. And I'm like, I've never seen you dress like this, man. So I get like more intimidated about sharing about Jesus because look at this guy, man. Man, and I'm sitting there, Macaroni Girl. So we're on our way to Macaroni Girl. And on our way, he's just talking like, Milton, I'm about to lose my marriage. I'm about to lose my business. I'm going crazy, man. I don't know what to do. I'm blah, 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 blah. And then we get to Macaroni Girl. I share him about Jesus. And then on our way back, that he's driving me back, he starts weeping and crying in the car. And then he suddenly he's like, you know what, Milton? It wasn't my wife's fault. It was my fault. <laughs> he starts getting conviction. He's like, you know what, Milton? I really want to surrender my life to Jesus. I feel like, like this is something that I've never heard, and I want to try it out. I want to see if it works. Because I'm, everything you shared to me right now, I, it looks like it's working out for you. So I kind of want to do this. I want to, I want to start congregating. I want to start coming to church. You know, He came to this church, and now he lives in another country. And when I saw that, I'm like, wow, a Jewish. And then one day, one day, I get on a flight with my, all my family, and we're coming from Colorado. Like at 12 o'clock at night. It's like a four-hour flight. And we get into that airplane, my wife and my kids, and everybody in the airplane goes to sleep. It's 12 o'clock at night. It's one of those red-eye flights. And then my wife sits with the kids, and I sit, I sit all the way in the back. And when I look, there was a doctor sitting with me, a doctor. You know how doctors are really smart. And I'm sitting with him, and in that moment, the doctor, everybody falls asleep. And there's this silence in the airplane. Nobody's talking. And I'm like, my plan was like, I'm going to go to sleep right away. I'm, I'm tired too. I'm, everybody's snoring and... And then I look, and the doctor start talking to me. And I'm like, Doc, why you don't go to sleep, man? I'm tired. I want to go to sleep. And then he starts establishing a conversation with me. And guys, to make your very, start, very long story short, four hours is a flight. Four hours. And when I started talking about Jesus, I couldn't stop talking about Jesus. And then he stopped talking. He's like, I just want to listen to what you have to say to me, man. This is so interesting. We, that plane landed in Miami. And he's like, and we end up doing the prayer of him confessing Jesus, Lord and Savior. And I told my wife, babe, I can't believe it. A doctor, I said to Jesus, <laughs> you know, it's because it's the way they, you know, they're so eloquent, so smart, you know, and then like, they're not going to understand this message. They don't need to understand the message. They need to understand that God is there in the conversation and God is the one touching their hearts. God is the one revealing to themselves. You're just being the messenger. You're not there to convince them. God is just waiting for you to, you allow yourself to be used for you to deliver the message and God will do the rest. Amen? Let's give an applause to Jesus. Is that my water? That water looks cold, man. You give me a hot water. Just kidding. I love my wife so much. Thank you, babe. Look what Romans 1.16 says. It says, For I'm not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first, and also the Gentile. So this is what I just explained right now. Look, I'm not ashamed. I don't care what they think about me. I don't, think, I don't care if they think I'm crazy. Yeah, I'm crazy for Jesus. 
I don't care anymore, you know, if they're going to, you know, make fun of me. They really did at the beginning. But why? Because it's a good news about Jesus Christ. And it's the power of God at work. So it's the power of God working through you guys. Just have that boldness. Uh, boldness. Just have that faith to give that step, you know, and say, hey, what? Your neighbors, hey, you know what? I want to go out for a coffee with you. How many coffee lovers are here? Man, I, I believe that in heaven we're going to drink coffee. How many of you believe that? <laughs> and you're like, Milton, where are you getting that from? Hey, when Jesus resurrected, that he showed up to one of the disciples, he, had, he ate with them. He was eating food, and he was already in his resurrected body. So why we're not going to drink coffee in heaven? Of course we are. <laughs> so look, that's the power of God. So let's go to... Let's go to the, uh, okay, to the second reason. The second reason is fear. Perhaps one of these reasons we are so hesitant to tell others about Jesus is that we have forgotten how deeply and unconditionally he loves us. In 1 John 4.18, the scripture says, perfect love casts out fear. So when I'm evangelizing and sharing the good news I should be focused in the love of God, on God's love. Why? Because this verse is written. Perfect love casts out fear. In perfect, the perfect love of God, of you sharing the message of the gospel, of people understanding how much God loves them, man, we should not let that door open of fear. We should be like, you know what? God loves them, this person so much. So much, man, that I'm just going to talk to them about God. And I'm not going to allow this fear to get to cripple me, you know, and, and, and paralyze me, not let, not let me talk about other people about Jesus. The third reason is the lack of knowledge. Why lack of knowledge? You know that on, on Wednesday, I went to do an, an appraisal. That's what I do for a living, appraisals. And I went into this house, and I always have my communion with the Holy Spirit, and I tell the Holy Spirit, hey, Holy Spirit, when you want me to share the gospel, you know, if the person um, uh, treats me for a coffee, you know, that means that you want me to share the gospel. So I went to the priest on Wednesday, and this guy's like, hey, you want to have a coffee? And I'm like, okay, Lord, you want me to share the gospel? So yeah, okay. His name is Orlando, 76 years old. So his wife was there, you know, I was measuring the house, taking my pictures, and then when I walk out of the house, the guy is following me. And then he keeps establishing a conversation with me outside. And I'm like, okay. And, and why is it that, that, where is it that I'm bringing this testimony? And, and I'm talking about the lack of knowledge. Because I started suddenly to talk about Jesus, and I started preaching the gospel. And this man, he's from Cuba. He's been to churches hundreds of times. And you know what he told me? This is the first time that I hear the message and I understand it. And I'm like, really? Yeah. And I've heard missionaries say, yeah, we need to go to those countries, you know, where the gospel has never been preached, where people have never heard about Jesus. I know that, that everybody has heard about Jesus in this country. I know that. But you know that over 90% of the people, they don't even understand the message of the gospel? And they could be sitting in churches for years and years and years and they don't understand the message. And when you sit with them and you explain them the message, they will be like, 
And then when I get home, I always share this with my wife. I was all like, babe, I cannot believe it. That in five minutes I shared the gospel and the person told me that they have never heard the message like that. They have never heard that Jesus came to this earth, that he came to live a perfect life, that you and I could not live, that he went to that cross to die on the, on the cross for your sins, that he came to, to give us eternal life. They have never heard of these things. I'm like, but what if they were hearing when they were sitting at church? And that's what it is. They don't preach the gospel. And I can stand here and talk to you about oh, many great things, how to be a great leader, how to be a great um, empresario. I don't know how to say that word in English. Entrepreneur. And you can leave out there and be whatever you want to be, a great doctor. But if I don't share you the gospel and you don't have the knowledge and you don't understand, how, will you, how, can, how would you convert yourself to God? How will you give your life to Jesus? How will you surrender if nobody is preaching to you the message? And on Wednesday, I got home. I'm like, babe, come on, let's have a coffee. You could tell I drink a lot of coffee. Huh? And I'm like, I need to share this with you. This is so good. And I want to challenge everybody here to call one of your neighbors and go share with him, talk to them, and just ask him these simple questions. Who is Jesus for you? Who is Jesus? Why did God send him to earth? What was his mission? Ask him. I'm telling you, you will be surprised of what you're going to hear. They won't even know. They won't even know. They will be like, uh, I don't know. Um, no. And I'm pretty sure if you do this, you will be more encouraged to read your Bible. And read more about him. You're like, hey, I want to learn more about you, Jesus. Scriptures are so beautiful, man. Scriptures, this is how God speaks to us. And then we pray to God. But when you read the Bible, you have a better understanding of who you're praying to. Because you're going to read the biography. You're going to read who he is from the beginning to the end. You're going to understand his mind. You're going to understand his ways. You're going to understand the way he thinks. And you're going to get to know him. This is how I got to know God. I'm like, oh, so this is how you think? Oh, so this is... Oh, okay. Now you understand. And it gives you so much understanding so that way when somebody comes to you and tells you, hey, no, but this is how it is. No, but look at this religion. says You're going to be like, no, that's not how it is. I, re I read it. Now I know. Now I know. You ain't going to fool me. I already know what's in that book. I read it every day. And I hear him speaking to me through that book. And it's God speaking through his word to you. This book is alive. This book is alive. This book is alive. This book is not dead. The words of this book will speak to you and it's no coincidence. It's God speaking to you. If you create a habit of reading this every single day, you will see that God will speak into your life. 
And you don't need nobody to speak to you. You will know that it's God speaking to you. Don't get me wrong, I love to hear preachings and the internet, all that, and I listen to a lot of preachings. Man, but when I go to that book and I'm like, and I hear God and I'm like, wow, I know that you spoke God through that person, you know, but this is you now speaking to me, man. I'd rather be connected to this book, to the Bible. It's not a book, it's a Bible. Thank you, Jesus. So now I want to land this plane. So brothers and sisters, and if this day you're feeling shame, fear, lack of knowledge of the gospel, I want to remind, remind you his purpose in 1 Timothy 2, 3, 5. Look what it says. I'm going to read the verse. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants everybody to be saved and to understand the truth. For there is one God and one mediator who can reconcile God in humanity. That man is Jesus Christ. I don't know if you can put the verse there. There it is. There it is. That's the gospel right there. God's will. With this in mind, go and tell others that God loves them just as he loves you. And if you want to have doubt about sharing the good news, I am reminding you today that this is done in partnership with the Holy Spirit. Luke 12, 11, 12, it says, when Jesus was warning his disciples about the trials they would experience, he told them, when you are brought before synagogues, rulers and authorities, do not worry about what you will defend yourself or what you will say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time, what you should say. We're not alone in this. God promised. He said, um, Jesus said, don't worry. Our Father is not going to leave you as orphans. He's going to send His Holy Spirit. We're not doing this alone, guys. We have God living inside of us. El Shaddai, Elohim. He's here. He's here with us. We're partnering with him. We're getting to know him to do this beautiful expansion of his kingdom here on earth. His will here on earth. Heavenly Father, let your will be done. Let your kingdom come. Let your culture come. Let your will be done. As it is in heaven, as it is in here on earth. So it's God through us expanding his kingdom. And people are like, Lord, disciples were like, but when are we going to see the Father? When are we going to see the kingdom? When? The kingdom is here already. You're not going to see it. It's invisible. It's a culture. It's a government. The people see it through you. They see Jesus through you, the hope of glory. So that's why we become light of God. Because through our good deeds, other people are going to see what our, our, how we walk, how we how we our good deeds and they're going to be like hey I want what you have man what is it that you have and you're going to be it's Jesus man it's Jesus he changed my life when people tell me at the gym hey Milton how can you do it man I mean, it's not me it's Jesus 
How can you do? How can you have a marriage for 15 years and be such a good husband? It's not me, it's Jesus. Everything I have is because of him. It's not me. Believe me, I wasn't born as a Christian. That's why I love to go to Dominican Republic and share my testimony. Because when I go to Dominican Republic back there, when I didn't know Jesus, people knew who I was back there. People in here in Miami, they met me, oh, you're, I know you're a Christian, I don't know your past. But when I go to DR, man, people are like, really, man, that's you? i never seen you walking like that. What, what, what happened to you? And I'm like, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. He did it in me. And I'm here to tell you that he wants to do it with you too. With you, with you, with all of you. I'm here, I'm here to bring hope, to bring the good news that there's a Savior, He's alive, that He would die on that cross, that He resurrected from the dead, that He's alive, and He wants to, he say He's not a religion, He's a person, and He wants to change your life. That's why I love to go to the art. Because I go to Dominican Republic, I go out, and I'm at the mall, I'm in the restaurant, and I always meet, I always bump into somebody that I know from high school, from college, from my neighborhood. And, hey, Millen, how you doing? Hey, what's up? Hey, let's go have a coffee. And then we started sharing and sharing. They're like, what happened to you, man? And I love it when they always say, like, what crisis that you went through, man, that you, that you went to God? <laughs> I mean, I didn't, I, mean, I didn't go through any crisis. Praise God. I just came to this place one day, and I heard the gospel the first time. And I decided to surrender my life. And I just thank him so much that I have never looked back. That I've been 15 years in this church walking with him. And I'm like, no, he just changed me, you know. And he's still changing me. I'm not perfect. <laughs> it's a work in progress. But what I love about it is that, that if I stumble, he lifts me up. And I, and I understand that there's no condemnation now that I'm in Jesus. So if I fall down, I always see my Heavenly Father saying, hey, get up. I'm not going to leave you down there. The devil will push you down and condemn you. But Jesus will lift you up and you'll be like, hey, hey, last, hey, Adrian, come on. Let's continue walking. Come on. Come on. You're a son. You're a son. You will never forsake your son. You will never leave your son. All of you are sons and daughters of God. He will never forsake you. It doesn't matter what you're going through. But when you fall, make sure you get up again. And you say, you know what, Jesus, is continue to walk. I'm thinking of a verse in Spanish, but I can't translate it in English. Pero no importa cuántas veces caiga el justo. I know that majority of people speak Spanish here. Cien veces caerá el justo, cien veces se levantará el pastor. ¿Cuánto? He will lift you up again. And I love that verse. There's no condemnation for us that are in Jesus. That verse helps me. So every day when I make a mistake, I go to my Father and I'm like, Lord, forgive me. I, I, I made a mistake today. And God is like, Milton, I forgive you again. Let's continue to walk. Just don't do it again. Okay, Lord, let's continue. <laughs> and I learned what grace means. And I applied it in my life in the right way. I don't take it as a joke because I know what grace does. 
Grace is that he already forgave my sins from the past, from the present, and the future. But I also understand that he, wants, he doesn't want me to continue to live that life. Because you that have kids, if you see your son misbehaving and doing all these things are wrong, are you going to be hurt? You're going to be like, hey, stop doing that. That's going to, that's going to take you to destruction. You know, stop doing it. You're going, to, you know, you're going to care about your kid. God is the same way as a father. He's like, hey, don't continue that path. It's going to lead you to destruction. Let me guide you with my Holy Spirit. Let me help you. Let me get you out of there. You're going the wrong way. <laughs> that's what he does. And that's what grace does. And it helps you say, hey, you know what? I'm getting out of here, man. I want to I move on. Amen. You know that Pastor Max and I, they used to call us the Oreo cookie. I was one and a half black. And he was the other half black. Come over here, my half black. Come on. We've been serving God already together. And we're the only dark pastors here at the church. I love this man. Thanks again for listening. If you liked what you've heard, subscribe to our channel and share it with others. Now, for more content from NUMA and to connect with us, visit our webpage at numachurchmiami.org. We love you and we hope to connect with you soon.